Hey guys, it's Mikey. And this is Rin. And just a quick reminder, if you like the show, please like us on iTunes and YouTube. We're also on Stitcher and Spotify if you want to check us out. Yeah, leave us a review. It helps people find our podcast. And we really love that you're listening. Love it. See you later. Love you. Bye. Enjoy the show. Mikey and Rin stay in. Oh, yeah. Hi guys, welcome to Mikey and Rin Stay In, and this is our first Mikey and Rin Stay In interview. In nicely done, <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Uh, so we're here today with our friend Janet, who we went to college with, and uh, yay, yeah, Rinny and yay. Janet and a bunch of awesome girls lived together. Women lived together in a cool house that I was intimidated to go over uh, to because they were always smarter than me. So <laughs> still are. Yeah, that's like one of those things that doesn't really change over time. It's like we're still going to stay ahead of you. Like you're always going to be a little older than me. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Janet is kind of my hero. She, I, I think Janet, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're the person that taught me how to like properly put on a condom. Do you remember? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm really bringing right? it back. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> I feel like, so just for some context, Janet was the president of PACE, which I think was Janet, Peer Alliance for Sexuality Education. Yep, that's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a distinct memory of you showing me how to like actually pinch the top of a condom and then roll it down. Oh, that's so funny. Cause I could think of like just a few times on one hand that I had actually done that or ever did that. <laughs> but isn't that that age? Like, it's like, you know, you have the sage person who's like told you about like, Oh, well, this is, you know, all of my sexual experience. And they probably done it with one person or two, but you're like, Oh man, or no thanks, one. Yoda. <laughs> It's true. Um, So, Janet, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? So, I'm Janet, a 38-year-old white lady, married to a 39-year-old white lady. (laughs) We have three kids, a six-year-old finishing first grade, and twin two-year-old girls. Um. I'm home part-time with them, and then part-time I work as a developmental psychometrician, which is a sort of made-up term for a psychologist that doesn't have a PhD. Um, Say the word again. Uh, Psychometrician. (laughs) I've literally never heard of that before. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, I mean, you know, psychometrics, right? So the field of, um, of standardized testing. And so, um, but I can't call myself a psychologist in the world that I live in because, or the world that I work in, because I don't have a technical license. I'm a school psychologist, but I don't work in a school. So since I work in a clinical setting, they call me a psychometrician. Oh, cool. Okay. And are you, are you working with what age group? I work, um, from, uh, 18 months to 18, mostly, I mean, my mostly like three to 10, but all kids, yeah. Yeah, so basically, I mean, very similar population that you work with, Corinne. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, so 
I'd really love to hear a little bit about when you sort of decided that you wanted to become a mama. Was that, was that a decision that you sort of like woke up one day and you're like, yep. Or had you wanted to become a mom for a long time? Can you just kind of take us through that? Yeah. Yeah. So I always felt, um, like relatively, I guess, sort of ambivalent about it. I just wasn't really sure. I, I, it wasn't something that I felt like I am on this earth to, to become a mother, to birth children or to like have children come into my life or anything. It didn't feel like, um, something that was necessary. Um, it, it was really more about like, if I were to, you know, get together with someone where that made sense, then that would have happened, which is what did happen. So Beth and I were married in like 2010. I don't know. We were dating for a few years before then. And it, and that's just what made sense for the two of us as a couple. Mm. Um, and it was something that, that we definitely for sure, um, wanted, um, I had no desire to myself give birth to children. Mm. Um, and she definitely did. So we kind of like started with her and then, you know, the idea was like, we would just kind of go from there (laughs) depending on what happened. Got it. So you guys were thinking Beth would, because she wanted to be pregnant, she felt a calling to do that. So she would get pregnant and then perhaps you would get pregnant with the next baby if you guys decided you wanted to have another. Yeah, it was like, like, um, let's, I guess we'll keep that door open. Like maybe if Beth makes it look super awesome, (laughs) I would want to do it. There was this like concern about the sort of the genetics, you know, like, you know, am I going to want a kid that's, you know, half me? I don't, you know, was that going to be important to me? I don't know. I was never worried about, um, I mean, I was open to feeling like, um, what, like that I needed to carry a child. Like if I started to feel that way, then fine, I would do it. But it, it certainly didn't feel like something that would happen. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of kept it open. Okay. And so you did try to get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up trying to do it because, um, probably around the, so Judah was maybe let's say 12 to 16 months old. Um, and so, you know, we had gone through the pregnancy and the delivery and then, um, and then Beth, uh, you know, she was, she was home for like four months with Judah and she was breastfeeding until he was like, I don't know, 14 or 16 months or something. Mm. Um, and something shifted around, I actually, I think it was around 16 months, which had nothing to do with breastfeeding, but around 16 months, um, I sort of, uh, something happened where he fell down and because he was spinning and we had told him no, no spinning, right. Spinning, sure. spinning is a terrible idea, right? <laughs> Always. Yeah. But he fell and he, and he like busted and there's so much blood. And I went to like pick him up and like comfort him. And he like arms outstretched to Beth. Right. Oh. And it was the first time that it happened. And, um, and I was like, oh, and now it's like, this is my life. But I, but at the time it was like, really like, oh, that's so crazy. Like he was like, no, I need her. I need that one. Right. And so that was sort of the beginning um, of this issue that we had with him and his preference to her, which mm-hmm. I mean, issue is a strong word, but um, 
Um, and so then I was like, well, I don't know, maybe then I should do it. Right. So maybe like, this is, this is something that I should try and give it a shot, whatever. So yes. So I did, um, try and get pregnant and it, it was, it did not go well. It was, it was like two years, um, of a lot, a lot of intervention unsuccessful. Yeah. Wow. Um, that, yeah, that, um, it was, yeah, it was tricky because they, because they were saying, you know, the clinic was saying, the fertility clinic was saying that like on paper, you're fine. Like we can deal with this. Everything is fine. There's no reason that you can't get pregnant, Mm. but we had done, I did, um, like 10 IUIs, which Mm. are like artificial insemination, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, all medicated, none of them worked. And then I did, um, an IVF with fresh transfer, fresh embryo transfer. And then we did a frozen embryo transfer with things that were left over from that first IVF that didn't work. And then I did a second IVF that didn't work. Um, and there was nothing, I mean, there was not even like a chemical pregnancy, which is when like something like tries to implant and then your body's like, no, no, just kidding. Definitely. I mean, I got nowhere, nowhere near a miscarriage. Um, and so by the end of it, there were, I had two embryos frozen and I just felt like at that point that I had like lasers like in my uterus (laughs) or just like (laughs) anytime, like anything, any sort of life like entered, it was just like pew, 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 you know, like done. And the doctor, you know, the doctor was, she was so cute, so sweet, um, really all about science and what journal articles said, mm. which I appreciate actually in my own field. But, um, but I just felt so strongly that she just, she really felt like it was my eggs, right? That there was something wrong with my eggs and that we should be testing them, right? So you oh. can, you can get the eggs out and you can do chromosomal testing to see which ones have abnormalities, oh. Um, and then you won't have to bother. You don't put those back in. So, you know, you're not not putting any bad eggs in. And that was nice of her to to want to do that, but that was a $5,000 add on to the the cost already. Yeah. $5,000, you know? So, so I would always be like, that's great. But I know, like, I just can't spend that kind of money, especially because, well, a, I really felt very strongly that while maybe my eggs weren't great. I just felt so strongly that, um, my issue was implantation Mm. and there's just, she just can't, she can't look in a journal article and like read about that. There's just not really a whole lot that's telling us enough, like scientifically definitively about implantation. Um, and I really just, I don't know. I just had this like gut feeling there's, there's a lot of, um, autoimmunity stuff to all of this. Um, and I have a ton of autoimmunity issues and um it just felt like like i said the lasers just were there no matter what was it was it the um, same um donor yeah 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 we used the same donor okay. which was good i mean we were kind of lucky because you know yeah we were lucky to have enough sort of like stock of that donor right. <laughs> um yeah so it was so it would have well, been that's also interesting yeah. from a consistency standpoint as far as like looking at you know was like, where was the trip up happening? You know, it's interesting that it was the same, all the same ingredients. Right. But, but there, and so there's also obviously theory that would, that would say, 
well, maybe the donor, like that donor wasn't a good mix with my egg, right? Right. And so maybe we should have switched donor. So at some point, we actually, there was at some point in the whole thing that we actually started to talk about switching donor. Um, but for whatever, I think at that point, we were about to, and then I just was like, I can't anymore. Like, yeah. I just was done. Because she was kind of like, well, you know, she hadn't read a journal article about it. So she couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't so- weigh in. When you would tell her about the implantation, would she just sort of mm-hmm. dismiss it? Like, we don't have research for that. Right. So there is, there's one thing that's called a scratch. So an endometrial scratch. And so she was so excited. Right? She's so sweet, this woman. <laughs> she just She's wants so the little. data. Yeah, she just loves data. She And I do, too. Like, really sure. identified with her. But it just was not helpful to me. Um, or it wasn't enough, right? But she's so sweet. But there was actually recent data. That it's called an endometrial scratch. So at a certain point in your cycle, you you go there and you you know like open wide, and they come in with just seriously like a sharp object, and just like literally scratch you know your entire uterine lining. Yeah. And so they did that. And I remember Judah was in the room. He was like two years old. They were like, "Is he okay here?" I was like, "Well, we have no choice. Like he's with me." You know. Like, I mean, Judah came to so many appointments with me. I was just like legs wide open. You know, he had no idea. I mean, he, you know, so yeah, go ahead. You know, um, and I, I actually really, I was like, this makes sense, right? So you scratch it, and it might like sort of like trigger some sort of like release of I don't know antibodies or whatever. This is um, so I we did that a, for yeah. Go ahead. I just had a uh, dentist appointment today where I had I had broken a piece <laughs> off my tooth. And they did a, um, you know, a filling and they have to put this acid in that scratches up the inside of the, of the cavity so that when they put the filling in it adheres. Right. And I was like, oh, this is like, it's like doing tile work where you have to like kind of scratch the wall or have like, you know, lines going through the um, grout underneath the tile. So it adheres. It's like, (laughs) I guess everything, if you need something to stick to something, scratch it first. Yeah, you just got to stick some grooves in it, right? Yeah. Or some Velcro, yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, all right, do it. Yeah. So I don't remember actually which specific procedure that proceeded, but uh, whichever one, it didn't work. Um, But yeah, so I don't remember where we were at. Help me. Well, so you were going to, I mean, you were talking about the procedure, Judah's in the room, they scratch. Was it painful? Yes, it actually was. It was, um, it was actually, yes, it was, mu- it was probably one of the more painful things that obviously that I was conscious for. It was, it was unexpectedly painful. And then I, I think the reason that I mentioned Judah is because he was in the room for so many things, but that one I felt actually like, um, I mean, he was fine, but I felt bad about that because it seemed like he probably shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Um, like trauma by osmosis. Right. Yeah. 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 It seemed, it seemed like a little much for him, but but yeah, so I, well, so, so I always felt like it was an implantation issue and there just wasn't enough real, you know, sort of science to, to instruct this poor, tiny, adorable doctor, um, to what to do. And, and she just was like, I mean, she, I swear to God, like we would still be trying to get pregnant if it was up to her. Like she, I would still be trying to get pregnant. Like she mm-hmm. just couldn't even believe it. Wow. And I, like, I accepted it before she did, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Did she recommend things to, for you to do? Because I'm assuming you were on medication for this mm-hmm. most of this two years. And yeah. then did she have any other insights? 
I did do acupuncture. I don't know. If oh, you did. Yeah. Like gesturing at that. Yeah. So the, the clinic that we were in merged with a Boston clinic that has, um, a more sort of like mind body approach. Hmm. And so they, they recommended acupuncture before one of the transfers, um, because there was a journal article. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I'm really trashing science, which is funny because I, I feel pretty strongly about it, but, um, but I didn't in this situation, I guess. Well, and I feel like we kind of had a similar situation with, you know, a lot of the stuff about like, do we want to have a hospital birth or do we want to, you know, who do we want to have involved in our pregnancy? And at that point, it feels so personal that it's like, I don't know, fuck the science on some level. I just want to like do what I feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I felt like I, I, I looked on paper some way, but but not, I mean, I just wasn't healthy at the time. I know. I mean, I wasn't. And, but the thing is, you know, I don't know. I, I, in my job now, I see, I see a lot of moms with children who I also would regard as not very healthy and, and they also, that they were able to become, you know, spontaneously pregnant. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it did not, it did not happen. Um, so what we ended up doing was um, there were two frozen embryos left over from, well, first I had two frozen embryos left over from my last IVF cycle. And because of my lasers, I said, don't put them in me. <laughs> we put them into Beth. We were like, maybe Beth can carry my children. Um, those actually did like partially implant to what's called a chemical pregnancy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of get there and then they don't. And the doctor felt like that confirmed her theory that my eggs were the issue, which basically was like, you know, Beth, you know, Beth can, you know, Beth, Beth's uterus is like, I will take anything. But, and then, and then my, right. And then my shitty eggs go in there and the uterus is like, I, well, I can't take that, you know? So that's kind of what. Almost anything. That was her. Exactly. Yeah. Like Mm. that was sort of her theory. And I was like, all right, but I, I didn't even like barely take those things. I don't know. Anyway. So that didn't work. So then the oh, last ditch effort was a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so we had two, we had two frozen embryos left over from Judah's IVF cycle. Cause he was conceived via IVF. Beth had also tried a bunch of IUIs um, that didn't work. So she ended up going to IVF as well. So mm. we had two left and um, this is our last ditch effort. And I was really just trying on the idea of having only one kid, um, which I would highly recommend to anyone. <laughs> Genuinely. Our millions um, of listeners will take heed. Yeah, just really consider it. Um, Why do you and say so, that? Uh, it just, it's just, it just is, it's a huge game changer. Um, you are, when you have one kid, you can still really kind of like live your life as you had and probably as you would want. And then if you add another kid or God forbid more, um, <laughs> your life, your life is, is just being, is just children. Your life is mm-hmm. children. Yeah. And, and people, I don't know. I don't know anybody that has more than one kid that would not disagree with that. And if there are people, please, I would love to talk to them. I would want to know how are you doing it? I mean, boarding school would be one way. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, but there's I don't also know. something in the theory of like um, being outnumbered. Mm. 
you know, like yeah. the, the second that you're outnumbered, like if it's, you know, you're one person, and there's two kids or there's two people and there's three kids. It's like the second that you do, you, you get outmatched. It's like, well, I don't know. All bets are yes. off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that that gives people a false security about having two kids. Mm. Mm. So I just want to warn, I want to warn people about that. <laughs> this is a great bumper sticker that we're going to release. Yeah. yeah. Make it one. Yeah. One and done. Yeah. It's, Seriously, it's you would be living the dream. I mean, I think no kids. I've been like really, really admiring. I've been like living my life through you guys and Abby. <laughs> and just be honestly, I'm just being like, they have it figured out. Yeah, <laughs> we it. don't. It Not looks that way. Close. It's curated yeah. on, uh, on the just Instagram. Amazing. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, so, okay. So Marsha is the embryologist at our clinic and she's so tall. She's like 5'10". And she has the creamiest, milkiest, gorgeous skin and giant hands. And I love her so much. She's so thin and tall. <laughs> and she, I love Marcia too. Oh, you would love her. She's amazing. She's <laughs> just the best. I love Marcia. So she swore to Beth that, because we were like, we don't want twins. Like, we can't. And she's like, okay. But we were like, we would like another kid, right? Um, so we'd like more kids versus no kids. So okay. she really felt like one of, what it, which one of the embryos was like basically a throwaway and the other one was like, okay. And she was like, I'm telling you, we'll just put them both in and like, we'll see what happens. But she just really, she felt so strongly that like, that was it. Really? And they both implanted. Yeah. Wow. And so now, and so we got two. Yeah. Um, wow. So now every now and then every kind of every day, I sort of like decide which one, is kind of like messing up the worst. And I decide like which one was the throwaway, you know? <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, you were not, you were not supposed Who to be was here. It today. Yeah. It, it's mostly Leah right now. <laughs> yeah. God, these are good. This is going to be great psychological punishment when they get in their teenage years. Yeah. You're like, Oh, who's the throwaway today? Oh yeah. No, that's how we do it. That's how the appies roll. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so they both made it. <laughs> Can you give us a little insight into this is a huge question. <laughs> yeah. But being a mama to non-biological kiddos and and yeah. you know wanting to have biological kids and not being able to yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's less um, wanting to have biological kids and more just like making a decision to be a mother, right? Mm. So like, and 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 wanting to be a mother um, and not a father, because I don't, I just don't identify that way. And yet somehow what's, what has happened is um, like, there was this piece that came out a few years ago called like, I am, I am the default parent kind of thing. Mm. Um, I mean, there's tons, there's tons out there about women, you know, you, I think couples, heterosexual couples can have the best intentions in terms of like an egalitarian, you know, approach to parenting. And yet still kind of no matter what you do, the, the mother ends up being sort of like the default to everything, sure. right? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways. And, um, and with a, a lesbian household, um, actually research, my fertility doctor would love um, shows that it's actually like, you know, one of the, basically the, the most balanced approach in terms of shared responsibility. Mm. Um, but there's just actually not really, really a lot out there that talks about how the children regard each parent. 
And in my experience, um, it, it started with Judah. And this is kind of what, like I said, what kind of prompted me to say, all right, well, maybe I should just give this a go because he just like so clearly preferred Beth in a way that made me just feel really like the odd man out. So when it was the three of us, you know, I just almost felt like, like their driver or something, you know, like it just, um, you know, and you try not, obviously, you you know, you're, you try and be an adult about it. You don't take it personally. Um, but it, it just put me in this kind of strange position because what would happen is I would then maybe find myself in conversations with straight couples where then I'm relating more to the dads, but I'm not, Mm. I'm not a dad. I don't, I don't, I'm, I feel very female. I don't, I feel like a mother, you know, and, and I'm not really kind of interested in that, like, sort of foot femme dynamic, mm. you know? Um, so it didn't, I just didn't really feel, I didn't really, I don't know. It was, it was tricky. I didn't really, I want, I felt like a mother and yet I was, I was really often rejected. Mm. Um, and then that has gotten better with Judah Um, but I will say that within the last like four or so months, it's, it's coming up again with the girls. So we thought we had sort of gotten ahead of it. Um, we decided, uh, not to, to breastfeed because there were two of them. Beth had to go back to work sooner. Mm. So we did formula from the start. Um, and I was home more than I was with Judah as a baby, you know, and we really just like, we're taking a much more like balanced approach in terms of nurture right? From a parenting point of view. But um, the one twin that is more alpha, just sort of naturally globbed on to Beth. And the other one did connect with me more. So so for a period of time there, it was like we each had one. Huh. And that was like natural and it was fine. But but because Marin is sort of the alpha, um, Leah has, has picked up on that. So Leah is now like sort of following suit. Mm-hmm. So it's just the same thing all over again. So Beth is just constantly surrounded by all three of them, <laughs> you know, and I'm yeah, just like just being swarmed. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Um, I mean, I'll go, I'll just unload the dishwasher. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dishes got to be so it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it. She'll be mad if I don't. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's been, it's tricky and it, and it, it's not, it sucks, you know? Um, I think the second time around, I think I'm probably like better equipped to do it, but it just, it just is like, um, I don't know. It's just kind of like adding on to this, like not really, I don't know. Like I don't, you know, not really fitting a box or something. Mm. I'm just, I'm not a dad. Like I just do not identify as a dad, you know? Right. And like, and I'm not, you know, or, or even like a butch, lesbian mother you know like I just it's it's just not like it's just not a sort of a and I mean really if either of us were to it would be Beth you know so Mm -hmm. it's like um and she's also it's so funny because they're like all over her like physically all the time and I am like will somebody please come and cuddle with me and they're like no like that's all I want is children on top of me and she is like, get off of me. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. They, they just are like totally barking up the wrong tree. They could get everything that they need and want from me. And they just don't seem to understand it. 
So again, I don't know, but right. Biology. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, it's such an interesting thing with, with kids, especially where they like, you know, they don't have a sense of it meaning anything other than this is the person that I want to be with right now. Or this is the person that I need to soothe me or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. it does like echo as such a bigger moment for the parents. Yeah. And the, the worst thing you can do is, is, is give power to that, right. Yeah. Is to make right. them, them realize and not, and power is the wrong word, but because it just becomes a responsibility for them. Right. right. They don't, you just can't, you can't put it on them. And I think we've been, decent at it i mean i think yeah. it, it could have certainly been a lot worse and um you know and with judah you know we've we've come out of it to some degree i mean he still regards her he regards us both differently but um but it's not as much like sort of favoriting or whatever god this but, has got to be a particular mind fuck just being a you know developmental pediatric psychologist as well yeah i know yeah i we yeah i when i'm at work dealing with families that are having these issues it's usually like a mother and a father right and i um you know i don't i don't ever come out with my own with my own background but Mm -hmm. i do offer as much sort of empathy and understanding to dads as i can Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i get it but none of them believe that i get it you know um, but they need help figuring out how to deal with it. I don't know. It's weird. It's the whole, the, it's been, it's been very strange. It's, it's been hard and, and sad, mm. um, and off putting, mm. but, um, I'm sort of at this beginning of it happening again with the girls mm. as toddlers. And I feel like, like this too shall pass. We can figure it out. Mm. Totally. Like, I don't feel like I need to try and have babies like I did last time. Mm. Um, <laughs> or you're like, fucking, let's nip it in the bud on this second round. <laughs> I'm gonna make you love me. <laughs> right. <God laughs> Start giving them, yeah, butter yeah. cookies and candy and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, there is a lot of smothering, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. Honestly, smother. it really doesn't matter. I do that because I do that with Judah all the time. I mean, I like spoil the shit out of him. Yeah. And it's it doesn't matter. It just it just doesn't. The heart wants what it wants. biologically apparently right (laughs) um janet i am so thrilled that you decided to share all this with us this was like i I think illuminating on a lot of levels i learned so much endometrial scratching Mm. Mm. unbelievable yeah yeah and i just appreciate that you were so um open and raw and you're super brave for doing this so Thank you. We've got a little segment next um, called Five Favorites. We're hoping you want to participate. Yes. Yeah, our little rapid fire fun segment. Yeah. Okay, so these these are going to be questions that we're probably going to ask all of our interviewees. um, And you can just give us like a quick little answer. Ready? Okay. Okay, here we go. Uh, Number one, what's your best recent interaction with a healthcare provider? Well, that is a great question. Today, I saw a nice lady named Sue Sampson, nurse Aww. practitioner. She is my, yeah, Sue Sampson, love her. <laughs> she's probably in her 50s. She's super serious. She talks She talks to me like looking over her reading glasses with like- Oh, I love that. Great move. Super Absolutely. intense. She has very intense eye contact and she's very serious. 
And I see her because I have ulcerative colitis. So all we're talking about is my asshole and my bowel movements. <laughs> and I like she where is, this is going. Yeah, she is all business. She is all business. She's probably one of the only healthcare providers that I've actually felt um, like really on the same page with. That's wow. great. Sue like Sampson. Business. Yeah, Sue Sampson. Sue yes. Sampson, Sue nurse Sampson. practitioner. That's Love a great her. like Saturday Night Live character. <laughs> yep. Oh, you should okay. see her. It really is. All right, number two. Favorite 90s makeout song? Yes. Too Close by Next. Oh. You feel that poke coming through on oh, you. Yeah. Great. Is that one. it? Yeah. Oops. Oh, you're dancing so too close. You're yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically the whole song is about a boner on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. You're making it hard for me. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's a penis referral. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, favorite swear word. Oh, I'm excited for this one. I just, I mean, fuck, right? Yeah. yeah. That's Universal yeah. favorite. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, favorite eat your feelings snack? Shrimp ramen. Ooh. That's a good one. I wouldn't have thought of something like that. I love shrimp ramen. Like yep. top ramen, shrimp ramen. So wrong. Yeah, so wrong, but I love yeah. it. Yeah, good one. Okay, and finally, favorite 2020 candidate. Don't be mad. Trump. Well, don't be mad, Joe Biden. Okay, all right. <laughs> give us, give us your reasons. Bullet points. I just, I just think we have to be practical. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm with that. That's and we're it. all a little. It's like Bill Maher said. Like we're all just a little tired, and sometimes we want our old comfy shoes. Joe is <laughs> the old comfy shoes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Janet, you are phenomenal no i love you guys so much i'm so glad you guys are doing this yeah 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 thanks for coming on the show yeah anytime all right right. i know we might have you back you've got a lot of good shit to say so all right i'm around we got the tech issues figured out finally oh yeah tech issues figured out we're good Mm -hmm. and maybe you can um video in how to properly put on a condom someday i might i don't know i mean i really think i've that like five times in my entire life and I've had a lot of sex with penises so I don't know <laughs> awesome all the we'll better see. yeah okay right, you're love awesome. you guys. thank you okay bye. bye hey guys this is Mikey and this is Rin and this is Mikey and Rin stay in I hope you guys just listened to our interview with Janet our friend she's the best she said some things that I've literally never heard before yeah. I thought it was so incredibly interesting and amazing and raw and brave. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, I just, I love to hear, I don't know, just different stories from people who are like going through and have gone through really different things that we're going through and, you know, two moms raising kids and kind of all the issues that come up around that. I think it's really, I don't know, it's so dynamic and so interesting and um, just gives me, I don't know, information and perspective like for days mm. on on baby making and baby raising and all those things. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're the interview was about, you know, I think around a half hour long. So we're not actually going to do an episode with us this week. Uh, but we just wanted to kind of give you guys a shout out and say, hey, mm-hmm. um, we love you. We're going to come back next week with, uh, with a full episode where we'll do all of our signature segments. Uh, Rennie, what are we having for dinner tonight? Ooh, some escarole and beans. Yeah. Um, escarole's popping right now in Portland. 
and I need a good Italian soup right now. So yeah, that's what we're doing. Summer soup. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, guys. So tune in next week for uh, another edition of Mikey and Rin. Stay in. Okay. Bye. Bye.